Welcome to New Me, where we take New Year's resolutions to a level where they actually work. I need a new me. You need a new you. Jesus is interested in providing nothing less. So, today, does your life feel like a battleground rather than a playground? And why is that? Why does that leave you disillusioned and disappointed and exhausted and beat up? And what are you supposed to do about it? Great questions. Stay tuned for the answers. It's a very serious topic, um, and, 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 and I need help, so we got to pray. Uh, Lord, um, you are good, and you are strong, and, and the enemy does not like to be unmasked at all. So Lord, we need your protection uh, over our hearts and minds, uh, our wills. Lord, that, that you would flow freely in this place, that, that your word would move forth with power and, and pierce us, Lord, so that we might hear it and receive it and be changed by it. And Lord, any opposition to that in, in regard to attention or um, lack of understanding would be removed in the name and the power and the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's get back to our questions. Why does this world feel like a battleground and not a playground? Because it is. Uh, this world is not a playground. It is a battleground. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you live under King Jesus in the kingdom of God. And you live under his kingship, in his kingdom, surrounded by, in the midst of, hostile, enemy-occupied territory. Now, people are not our enemies. Let's, let's get that straight. You are in enemy-occupied territory, and your mission is to take from the enemy as many people, to liberate as many people as you can. The world, the world without Jesus is not basically good. I hear that all the time. The world is basically good. It is under the rule of the evil one. I'm not making this up. This is God's word. We know that we are children of God if we belong to Jesus Christ and that the world around us is under the control of who? The evil one. Okay, so I'm not making this up. This is serious and this is what it's about. It may not seem that way sometimes. It may not seem that way, but I want you to think about this. What is the most awful, evil thing that anyone can do? It is not to perform evil, to assert your own rule, to be in charge of your own life, to be your own God, to be your own Savior. That is what made Satan Satan. And if that is the most evil thing that anyone can do, is be in charge of themselves then isn't that a perfect description of some of the precious, many of the precious people in our town, at our university, in, in, in our state, in, in our world, in our country? It may even be true of some in this church, right? 
I have said this many times, but it bears repeating, so I'll say it again. Satan has no interest in you worshiping him. His greatest victory is in you worshiping you. And that is something that the world just does not get. If you're not engaged in this battle, it's because you're either a prisoner of war, a casualty, or you're on the other side. Okay, so let's take a look at some of these questions. Why are you startled? Why am I startled, disillusioned, and disappointed by life when it doesn't end up being what we think it should be? Number one, we expect to live in a playground, especially in the Gunnison Valley, and, not, and we're disappointed when it's not. That is not to say there isn't immense joy, immense peace in the midst of the war, but we expect the world to be a playground, and it's not. Number two, we don't realize that the point of our lives is not this life, but the next. The point of your life is not to make this life the best it can be. The point of your life is the next life. Although one would not come to this conclusion looking at the way many believers live. And three, we don't realize why we are still left here after we surrender to Jesus, after you're saved. Ask yourself the question, why does God allow you to stay on earth? Why doesn't he not just beam you up, Scotty, to be with him in heaven forever the moment you're saved for two reasons, so that you might make much of Jesus and lead others to Jesus to be set free. That's your mission. If you follow him, that's your mission. Is that your mission in life? It can be if it's not. We are studying the armor of God, if you haven't already guessed. We're in Ephesians chapter 6. Open your Bibles there. Open your app there. Get your worksheet there. But follow along. We're going to move fast, okay? Each one of these things could have its own message, but we're going to go through all of them because I got you today. I mean, I have you next week, although I hope I do. Okay, here we go. We're going to pick it up in verse 10. Here we go. He says, Apostle Paul writes, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You and I are weaker than we feared, and yet there is so much more strength available than we know. You and I, in our own strength, do not have what it takes to face what we're facing, to master the challenge, to beat the addiction, to endure the trial, to win the fight. The bad news is you and I do not have what it takes. The great news is Jesus does, and he offers you his strength. So, so I have two questions for you. Number one, what is that thing that you are trying to face in your own strength? You have a worksheet. If you're on the app, on the sermon notes, it's got a place for you to type that in. Nobody's going to see that but you. But you need to know what this is. You know what this is. God knows what this is. The people closest to you probably know what this is. Something you're trying to find, fight and face in your own strength. Here's the question. Will you trade your strength for Jesus' strength this morning? Not just for this, but for everything. You can. You can be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Verse 11, Paul goes on. 
Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. None of this armor is yours. This belongs to Josh Ash, right? He let me use it. You laugh, but it's true. None of the armor we're talking about is yours. It's Jesus' armor. He said, put it on. You take it. You put it on. You need it. I provided it for you. If you're not wearing the armor of God, you're naked. You're vulnerable. Look, let's back it up. People who don't wear motorcycle helmets are not what? Bright. Not smart. I don't wear one, but I don't ride a motorcycle. Hang around long enough, I'll tell you the time when I drove one through a fence in college, okay? People who don't wear seatbelts are not smart. Not smart. You can't play in the NFL if you refuse to wear a helmet and pads and the uniform. You're not allowed to. Why? Because you get killed. You're going to watch the Super Bowl. You're not going to see anybody. Not even the kickers. They have to wear the uniform, right? But I'm tough. Nobody's that tough. You can't fight and win the spiritual war. Not that you're thinking about fighting, that you're already in, unless you put on the full armor of God. So we're going to do that. Why are you able to stand? You see, it says that we'll be able to stand against. Why are you able to stand if you put on the armor of Jesus? Because on his cross, And in his resurrection, Jesus disarmed Satan by conquering sin, death, and evil for all who will surrender to Jesus, crown him as their king, and make him their refuge and life. The word of God puts it this way. In this way, he, Jesus, disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. And he wants to give his victory for your victory. He de-pants them, took their weapons away, and and they are ticked. Okay? And guess who they're ticked at? You. Okay? Because you're free. You they can't, they can't have you. They can't. And you are bent. You are called. You are on mission to make sure as many people as possible get set free as well. This whole passage that we're talking about, about putting on the full armor of God, can be summarized in seven words of Scripture. Here they are. I want you to read them with me. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Paul says in Romans. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. When we talk about putting on the armor of God, what we're really talking about is putting on Jesus all over us. Right? And so we're going to go through that. That's what we're talking about. You have an enemy. Satan wants nothing more than to take you down, take you out, but you will stand if you put on Jesus, who alone is stronger. Here's why you need to put on Jesus. Here's what's at stake. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We got wrestlers who will be here at the 1030 service, right? Faithful guys. 
they know that they have to know who they are wrestling against before they get on the mat. They watch film. Many of you are athletes. You've watched film of your opponent. You've got to know who you're wrestling with. And, and some of us don't know who it is we're actually wrestling with in our lives. Because we believe, we think it's our spouse, it's our kids, it's our boss, it's our professor, it's our coach, it's our teammate, it's our roommate, it's our, our, this substance, it's this habit, it's my health, it's my finances. That's not what you're wrestling against. You are not fighting against these. You are fighting against cosmic powers over this present darkness, rulers, authorities, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And unless you and I get that straight, we will misidentify who we're fighting with. We will fight with the wrong people rather than for those people. You get me? And we will use the wrong weapons. And even if you happen to win this particular battle, if you don't know who you're wrestling against, you will lose the war. You're fighting against forces that are much stronger than you are. And the only people who don't think they're in a spiritual battle are those who are already beaten. Why? Because Satan doesn't have to oppose you. You're already cooperating with him. Right? It doesn't feel like a battle. It just feels like a grind. Right? What do POWs and casualties in this war look like people who once walked closely with Jesus Christ but have since rejected him in their day-to-day -day life and often for the pleasures or the promise of pleasure from the world that's often what that looks like it looks like a lot of other things as well And if that's you, I'm not shaming you. That's, that's what Satan does. I'm just saying God is calling you, come back. Because you can be in church and not be in Christ. Right? It has to do with what is driving you. What is, what is your peace? What is your hope? What is your trust? 24-7, 365. So if you're here and you're saying, I'm a POW, I'm a casualty. I used to be close and now I'm wandering. This is, this is your time to beeline it back. God's calling you. Okay, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. You hear how he uses stand all the time? When is the evil day? It's now. Today is the evil day. And you are to stand firm in the storm, unwavering on the rock of Jesus. Stand and stand firm. Take your stand. That means do not sit idly. Do not wander around. Do not slouch. Do not waver. Stand your ground. And to do that, we need to stand strong in Jesus. And we need to stand strong together. You isolate yourself. You're going to learn that in your, in your prayer calendar this week. You're, you're toast, man. We get isolated. We're toast. If you have new life in Jesus, you already have all these pieces of armor. 
They're his. They're him. So put them on. Now, if something is offered to you, the armor of God, the presence of God, the person of Jesus, you can choose to put it on or you can choose to be naked and be a spiritual streaker. That choice is up to you. Just because you have it doesn't mean you use it. So I want to encourage you to use it. So here we go. Here, here are the elements. Stand for, therefore, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Maybe it's this creepy part. I don't know. I don't know. That, that bothers me. I don't, I, Josh, God bless you, but fasten on the belt of truth. You got to keep your spiritual pants up, right? Because you can't run to the battle when they're around your ankles. You got to keep them up. Belt of truth protects you from lies. And we talked a lot about lies last week. If you were with us, great. You might want to review it. If you weren't, you want to get the podcast and listen to it. Um, We need truth because in our culture, what is trending is not the same as what is true. We need the belt of truth holding us together. And one lie that you might be believing is about our attitude towards sin. What are you saying against, oh, this, this really doesn't matter. I can, I can get by with this. There's something in your life, something in all of us. So, so I want you to ask this of God. What is that sin in my life which I am believing the lie that it really doesn't matter? It does matter, and it's destroying you from the inside out. Confess it, forsake it. Jesus will forgive you. There's no question. And set you free from it. No question. He's not looking to beat you up. He got beat up on our behalf. That's why it's easy to come to him because you know what's waiting. Forgiveness, restoration. So come. Jesus is your belt of truth. So put on Jesus. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. This is to protect my vital organs, right? Breast, best breast. Breastplate of righteousness, right? Now, this will protect you from things coming from the outside, but it will not protect you spiritually on things that come from the inside. Bulletproof vest will work. And, and, and look, I, I, don't, I don't worry so much about uh, like church shootings and things like that because... It's just getting really hot. Um, thank you, man. Because God is my protector. And a lot of people in Genesee, in Bethany are carrying. Um, but our breastplate of righteousness protects us in our right standing with God. Right? We are not in right standing with God, but Jesus is. And he has given me his righteousness. It's not because I am right and good, but because he is, and he has given that to me. It is a commitment to live righteous or live right with regard to our heart, our mouth, and our action toward God and toward other people. We're going to do right by them. We're going to walk in righteousness. And third, it's defense against the accusation, you are not enough. You are not worthy. You don't have it. Agree with that. You're right. But Jesus does. And he has gifted me his righteousness so I can stand and nothing can shake me. 
Jesus is your breastplate of righteousness. Put him on. And having put on shoes on your feet, having put on the readiness uh, given by the gospel of peace. Next week, we are not going to have a message. We're going to have a conversation. And it's all about this verse. And God is going to speak through you. So um, come. It would be better if you were here uh, rather than talking into thin air. So uh, look forward to that. We're going to dive into that next week. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which we with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. I want you to notice the shield that he gives us is a shield of faith, not a shield of feelings. Feelings are very important, very treasured in our culture. Faith is more. You are weakest when you trade your faith for your feelings. What are you doing that for in your life? Today's the day to switch that. The flaming darts that he refers to, right? The flaming darts of the evil one, they are accusations and they are lies. They are accusations for sin in your past, which has already been forgiven. You know this. You were accused of that which Jesus has bled over, forgiven, removed as far as the east is from the west. He paid it in full on the cross. So I want you to ask God, I am often accused of the past sin of, that's you. You get to fill that blank in. Which you have forgiven me, Jesus. I believe and declare, I am forgiven of this. I am washed clean by your blood and the sin will never stain nor define me. That is on your app. That is on your on your worksheet, you need to do this. Do this with that every time that accusation comes up. It is also flaming darts are also lies. Twisted truths about who Jesus is, how he loves you, who you are in him, and that you are to live for the love of Jesus and others and not for yourself. We're going to take the helmet of salvation. We're going to take the helmet of salvation. It's not the attacks on the outside that take you down. It all starts here. In our minds, in our thoughts, that become our will, that hardens our heart, right? That's what, that becomes our action. That becomes our words. And it all starts with a thought. Everything you allow, you allow into your head has got to agree with the gospel. You and I just need to become better preachers of the gospel to ourselves, right? And not let anything in that does not agree with the gospel. What is the gospel? Here it is. Jesus loves me. Jesus created me for himself. Jesus came to rescue me when I wandered from him. Jesus forgave me through his cross. Jesus rose for me through his resurrection. Jesus lives in me through his spirit. Jesus will never leave me. To leave me, he'd have to leave himself. Do you get that? He lives in me. I have never-ending, ever-increasing life and hope and joy in Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. And everything that you receive, that you allow into your thoughts, has got to agree with that. And if it doesn't, you reject it. The Bible says take every thought captive and make it obedient to that, to Jesus, right? That's how we do it. 
You want another picture of what the helmet of salvation looks like? Mariah Green, we talked and prayed about her. I hope you're praying for her every day. She's in her mid-30s. She is 30 weeks pregnant, and she has cancer. And she's in Grand Junction, and she's facing the battle of her life. In faith. They are going to take the baby on Tuesday. She starts her chemo on Friday. I want you to take a look at one of the walls. Can you bring the house lights down so they can see that a little better? Can you see that? That's about 133 post-it notes. Every one of them is a blessing she thanks God for. Every time she has a thought of what if, what if? She goes through this, right? Makes it agree with the gospel. Why do you and I need a trial like this to have a heart like this? We don't. We don't. You put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the, bring the lights up. I'm going to go sleep. All right. Jesus is your helmet of salvation. Put on Jesus. And the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Are you packing? Well, that might, if you are, that might protect you from some people, but it does no good in the spirit realm. I'm asking, are you packing in the spirit? Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Jesus has given you the most powerful lightsaber in all of creation that cuts through any circumstance, any obstacle. And I ask you, are you using it? Do you know how to? How many battles in your life have been lost unnecessarily because you didn't? This is your day to say, God, help me know what a weapon, what a gift you have given me and train me to love it and use it and be so wise and proficient with it that I wield it for your glory, the protection of people and, and the pushing back of evil and the taking back of all the people that you love who are walking without you. Let me wield it for your will. Finally, oops, okay, finally, praying at all times, which means we got a nonstop conversation. Me and Jesus, doesn't matter if I'm preaching, doesn't matter if I'm driving, doesn't matter if I'm in a fundraising meeting, doesn't matter if I'm watching TV, we're talking, man, all the time. In the spirit, with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with perseverance, making all supplication for all the saints. Look, it is not your mantle. It is not your responsibility to pray by name for every person who comes to this church. That's my mantle. That's my responsibility. Your mantle, your responsibility is to pray for the church in general and to pray for every person and thing of concern and interest and glory in your life. Will you do that? 
Will you do that? Because here is the truth. Prayer is the intercontinental ballistic weapon of faith. And every circumstance, concern, opportunity, struggle, and person in your life will be transformed if you pray about it as if your life depended on it. Because maybe yours doesn't because you're saved, right? But theirs very well might. Very well might. You're in a war. The battle is the Lord's. The victory is his. It's not about this life. It's about the next. And it's about the people, the precious people that he loves. You're not living in a playground, although there is great joy and great peace amidst the war in him. It's time to stop streaking. Put on Jesus and his armor. Get in the game. Get in the battle because you're in it. You, you and I don't have a choice as to whether or not we live in a battle. We have already invited the enemy to take up residence in our world, in our homes, in our lives. The question is, the choice we do have is which side we're on. Which side we're on. And if you don't receive Jesus, nobody defaults to fighting with him. Our default is to fight against him. You can make that change now. Would you bring the lights down, please, as the worship team comes up? I am very confident that Jesus spoke to you this morning about something. For some of you, it's trying to face something in your own strength. And, and today, you're going to uh, exchange your strength for Jesus' strength and face that. For some of you, um, you have been trusting your feelings rather than your faith. And, and you are going to take up the shield of faith and say, this is what I believe. It doesn't matter how I feel. Some of you, um, it is the lie that you have been believing about sin in your life that um, it doesn't really matter and you can get by with it. No, confess it, forsake it. It is destroying you. And he will forgive it and set you free. Some of you know you're a POW. You used to be close, but truth be told, your heart is not his the way it once was and he's calling you back and you want to say I'm coming some of you have believed the lie about a past sin that that defines you that identifies you but it has been forgiven and you need to be set free from the accusation and that can happen this morning some of us don't know what side we're on because you've never given your heart in full surrender to King Jesus and said, you be my Savior, you be my Lord. You could do that this morning. Hey, difficult but important conversation to have. If God has spoken to you, answer him. Do something about it. Let's do business with him. Uh, if you need somebody to pray through that with you, I'll be over in this corner. Ty's in the back here. Josh is in this sector, Amanda, Sheree, go to any of us. I love you.